0: Okay. Good morning, people from the north. <laughs> Welcome. Bless you all. It's a good time of intercession, isn't it? And it reminds me when we was at the conference in Israel last year, in terms of the, Maureen, the, the what about the Titanic. And it's exactly in line with what Brother Sadhu said, with God in the UK, that he's given this nation one last chance for us to turn back to God. So... So we've got one last chance, so, and uh, I believe the Brexit, it's that one gives us that hope, doesn't it? Brexit gives us hope because we're trying to separate us from the EU, the ties of the EU. It gives us hope, that's not the end of the story, we all know that, don't we? The end of the story is when we as a nation turn back to God, that's the end goal, that's the end goal. And we all have a part to play in that, to stand in the gap, to intercede and to pray for this nation. For it's God's plan and will for us to be a sheep nation oh, and not a goat nation. Yes. It's his will and it's his desire for that to be the case. But, it's, it's but we've got a job to do, haven't we? Yes. But if you love this nation, and I love this nation, and I want it to be a sheep nation, it's not, it's not hard, is it? No. Yes, there's a sacrifice, there's a price to pay, but it'd be worth it, won't it? It really would be worth it. Yes. Seeing our family members come to know the Lord seeing people healed, seeing the people being set free, seeing this young generation who are really in it badly being set free and delivered from all the demonic stuff they're having to go through at this moment. So the price is it's worth it, isn't it, guys? We've got a responsibility to play, though. But the joy is our joy. Be our, the end goal will be our joy. So take heart. We have been, we've been born for such a time as this. Amen. Amen. So, my talk today, I've been told to smile more often, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> one of the <laughs> one of the things, the feedback from Andy was, Rich, you've got to smile more often. <laughs> so I'm going to be in a smiley mood. <laughs> so anyway, I thought... Let's take it to heart. But we're, te- we're teachable. That's the good thing about us. We need, as a church, we need to be teachable, don't we? And sometimes we do need to be corrected. That's and that's good. It's a good thing that we can be corrected. We can right. be teachable. Right. You know, so that we can blossom for the Lord Jesus Christ. Become good fruit. The fruit grows and blossoms. Um, well, so, sure, <laughs> <laughs> so it's good. It's good that we can be teachable. Right. Amen. So my talk today... It's all about being a true disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. What does it really mean to be a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ? Because when you literally look at the scriptures, Jesus defines what a true disciple of him him is. He defines it in the scriptures. And um, when I've been going through the study, um, it's a high calling to be a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's a high price but there are also benefits. So when you look, you know, in the scriptures, what it really means to be a disciple, I think you'll be taken back to realise, whoa, this is a quite high price to pay. But there are true benefits. And it's all unto him, isn't it? It's all unto the Lord Jesus Christ. And then when you realise whom it's unto, then you realise the price is worth it. The price is really worth it. So, I want to talk today about what it really means to be a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's all going back to the foundations about, you know, let the, real, the main thing be the main thing. And the main thing is the Lord Jesus Christ, isn't it? All these great teachings we get, and it's great, but let's keep the main thing the main thing. And the main thing is all about the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So, What does it really mean to be a true disciple of the Lord Jesus? Now, some typical um, definitions of what it means to be a disciple are as follows, and and I'm sure when I say these to you, you say, yeah, those are typical definitions of what it means to be a Lord Jesus Christ. So I'm going to give you those, and then I'm going to say what the Lord Jesus says is a true disciple. And then you'll notice the big difference. So let me just start with that. So typical examples of what people might say who is a disciple of the Lord Jesus? A disciple is one who has accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. That appears a typical example of a disciple. That would be a typical definition of one who is a disciple of the Lord Jesus. Another example: a disciple of Jesus is one who wholeheartedly has decided to follow Jesus. Nothing wrong with that, is it? Another example. Someone who believes in the Lord Jesus Christ and is led and follows him, follows him daily and wholeheartedly. Now, all those definitions of the Lord Jesus, of being a disciple of the Lord Jesus, they're all true to an extent. They really are. There's no arguments about those. But what does Jesus say who was a true disciple of, of him? So I want to just turn to our the scriptures now, and I want us to go to John 8 verses 31 and 32. John 8, 31 to 32. Right, John 8, 31 to 32. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him, if you abide in me and my word, and oh, let me start again, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. So what he is saying is, one of his de- Jesus is saying one of the def- def- definitions of whom a disciple is, is one who holds to his teaching. If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciple. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So Jesus is saying that you need to take his word seriously. We need to take the word of God seriously. That's what Jesus is saying here. And when we need to take the word seriously, we need to take the whole word seriously, all what he has to say. We cannot cherry-pick things which we like, we keep that. Things that we don't like, we discard that. We need to take all of his all of his word, all of his teachings. We must not discard things that don't appeal to us. You know, we mustn't do that. We really must learn to say, OK, Lord, if this is your word, even though I may not like it or I find it tough and challenging, Lord, help me to change so that I'm getting in line with your word. Because you're going to see things things which are not in line, you know, we, our feelings or something, you know, in us, will say, I'm struggling in that area, but your word clearly says this. A typical example, when I was a young, very young Christian, things like the sexual issues, where it says there should be no hint of sexual sexual immorality in you. Now, you know, that could be quite tough. Let's be honest, it could be quite tough. But the Lord is saying holiness. But we have God's word to help us to be holy and to be free. And he strengthens us. But we have to first acknowledge that his word is true before he can then stop, then God can help us. So when there's things and struggles in our lives, we have God's word, his word is true, not us. And this is where you get all deception, don't we, in the world today? Like, we like to cherry-pick things in the Word, where well, we don't like this bit in the Word, We'd, but I keep that bit. But you, if you do that, you go into the realm of deception, because the enemy then starts to blind you. Yep. So we need to keep the whole Word of God. So one definition of a disciple, a true disciple of the Lord Jesus, who is one who keeps his Word, all of it. <coughs> one who is fully committed to the Word of God. Another definition of whom a disciple is, Jesus says, is found in Luke 14, verse 27. So let's turn to Luke 14, verse 27. Luke 14, verse 27. And whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Ooh, the bar is getting higher, isn't it? Let me read that to you again. And whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Oh, the price is, the bar is being raised, isn't it? In terms of commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ, that he is truly your number one. So what Jesus is saying there, what he is, definitely, what he is saying, we must learn to die to self. Whoever takes, we need to take up our cross daily. So a one who is a true disciple of the Lord Jesus is one who is dying to self and going after Jesus as their number one priority. That's another d- example of a true definition of a disciple of the Lord Jesus. One who is dying to self and going after the Lord Jesus as their, as his, as their number one priority. Yeah. That calls for a higher level of commitment, doesn't it? It calls for a higher level of commitment and there's a higher price to pay to be a true disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to give you another scripture now. Jesus goes on to say in Luke 14, verse 33. Let's read that. Luke 14, verse 33. So likewise whoever of you does not forsake all that he has cannot be my disciple. Now, did we read these things when we knew the price of being a disciple of the Lord Jesus? Shall I read that to you again? So likewise, whoever of you does not forsake all that he has cannot be my disciple. The price is getting higher, (laughs) isn't it? Isn't it? Oh, Richard, I'm not sure. Now we're starting to challenge, we're being challenged, aren't we? Are we a true disciple of the Lord Jesus based on those criteria? Only you can ask, answer that question, can't you? So when you reflect on those things, those definitions I've given you by the Lord Jesus Himself of who a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ is, you would recognize there's a high level of commitment required to the Lord Jesus Christ, isn't it? There's a high level of commitment. There's a high price to pay to be a true disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. There's a high price to pay. And this is, when you look at those definitions, you think, this is when the rubber hits the road. am I a true disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. Based on those criterias. And, um... Now, the thing is, when Jesus walked on this earth over 2,000 years ago, he had a lot of followers, didn't he? But when he defined what it was to be a true disciple, what happened? A lot of them walked away from the Lord Jesus Christ. They, t- they, ha- they, they, went a- they took their distance away from him. This is, they said, this is tough, tough teaching. Now you know why. <laughs> this is tough teaching. It is tough, isn't it? This is tough teaching. But this is the price Jesus is saying if you want to be my true disciple. So, but the thing is, we have to make that decision of whether we want to be a true disciple of the Lord Jesus. Because at the end of the day, you you get it in every, you know, when Jesus talks about the outer courts, the middle and the inner courts, there's always, always this freeway way in terms of, in terms of, into the holy of holies is going to be the outer courts, the middle, and the inner, and it all talks about the the road is broad, you know, for those who want to be lukewarm for the Lord Jesus. Is do we want to be hot for the Lord Jesus or do we want to be lukewarm? It's, it's isn't it? It's all there. We've seen this, the scriptures. Do you want to be the five wise virgin, virgins or the five foolish? It's all about, about our commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ. And I would argue to you that to, in these last days in which we live in, I know I want to be in the inner courts. And to be in, a, in the inner courts, one has to be, I believe, a true disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, the thing is, when we see those, that level of commitment the Lord Jesus is asking us, We need to look at the character of our God. We need to look at his character. And I've said so many times, he is a good God. He is a good father. He's not a tyrant, is he? We serve a good God. So when he makes us those commitments over us, to be a true disciple of him, for him, we can be assured that we are serving a good God. We know how much he loves us. So we can trust him to say, okay, Lord, there's a high price to pay to become a true disciple. But I know whom you are. I know that you're a good God. I know you're a God of love. You've already sh- shown that love when you, when we were in our sinful state that you died for each one of us. He's already shown how much he loves us. So we can base that knowledge of whom he is to trust him, can't we? To say, if he, if he says, this is the price I want you to make for me, we know that we can trust him in it because he first loved us. So we need to. Und- so in these last days, I would argue with you that it's imperative that we take be willing to become a true disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. I would, you know, I, you know it's, it's your decision. I can't make it for you. Yeah. But all I can say to you, if we know how good God he, he is, and if we really do love the Lord Jesus Christ with all of our heart, mind, and soul. That's what we're called to do. But if we really do love him, that we've cultivated a relationship with him, a one-to-one relationship with him. We've cultivated that relationship with him. And we want to please him. You know, God, I love you. You want to please that person. When you love somebody, you want to please that person, don't you? Well, you're coming, because you got some work. you got some work to do there. Anyway. Can't get everything right, but you, the most, you, know, you want to get there, don't you? You want to get there. You want to get to that place where you want to please them. Okay? And you're earnestly seeking him. You're <laughs> and you're truly earnestly seeking him. Then you, you know, all of these things, you want to really become one with the Lord Jesus Christ. You really want to become his disciple. Because you know who he is. You know his character. And that he's a really good God. And he's worth serving. And, and I love him. So all these things should be wanting us, our desire, to become a true disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. And not only that, um, you know, to, to a disciple, he, gives, he, he makes promises. So in the, in the scriptures, and I'm going to show you them later, that in the scriptures, there are promises he makes to the disciples that he doesn't make to other followers who follow him at a distance. He makes promises to his disciples that he doesn't make to non-disciples. So I'm going to show you what some of those scriptures are, because we know that, because we know we serve a good God, he makes a covenant with us, he makes an agreement with us, if we decide to become that true disciple. So, I know, you know, you might say to me, Richard, yes, I desire to be a true disciple, but based on those criteria which I've just described to you, it's a high price. And I've already said to you that, I believe it's worth it. Um, for me, I'm going that way. It's worth it. It really is worth it. But the good news is, God wants us to help us. If you're, if you're being honest and you say, Richard, I want to be there, but I don't think I am. That would be, be an honest answer. And I would say to you, I've got some good news for you. If you think, Richard, that's the, I'm not there today, but I've got some good news to you, because God wants to help you to become a true disciple, if you desire to become a true disciple. And my message, I always like to give a message of hope in terms of encouragement to us as a body. I want to encourage us to get to that level of maturity in Christ Jesus. I want to encourage you to get there. But I want us to be realistic and honest of where we really are. So the good news is that God wants to help us because we have the nature of God, don't we? He says he has his Holy Spirit who would help us to help us. And one of the things the Holy Spirit enables us to do is to help us to become a true disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's one of the reasons he gives us his Holy Spirit. It's not just for, again, we've got to get out of this mindset of that it's here to bless me. It's here for, the Holy Spirit is given to us for a reason. And that's to become more like Jesus. It's to become mature as a Christian. To realise, for our um, heavenly eyes to be opened, for us to realise what's going on in the spiritual realm. There's more to just flesh and blood. You all know this but i just encouraging us to say there's so much more God wants to offer each one of us. So, so like I said, in, you know, it is recorded in Scripture that there are 900 verses that are spoken to his disciples and 860 to his non-disciples. So Jesus spoke, and obviously, you know, there's more words and more promises given to his disciples than to his non-disciples. And what I want to do, I just want... To, us to look at what some of the promises that God gave to his disciples. So let's just go to John 14, verse 13. Again, like I said, these are the promises given to his disciples. Only to his disciples. So let's go to John 14, verse 13. Okay, John 14, verse 13. And whoever you ask in my name, that will I do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. And again, verse 14, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. So basically, he's saying that if you ask anything in my, in my name as a disciple, then I would do it. And that is why he, he wants us to be true disciples, because he wants uh, he, he wants to be able to trust us, that we carry his name, we carry his character, his love, so he wants people, disciples, whom he can trust. So if you're one with him, that if your heart is his heart, to be, you know, let our hearts be broken for, for what's on your heart, Lord Jesus. We've sung the song, haven't we? If we want to be like that, he wants to be able to use a body of people whom he can trust. And that's why he said, look, if you, this is why it needs to be a true disciple. I've committed my all to you, Lord Jesus. I've given my all to you. You are my number one. It's to you that I give my full allegiance, my full commitment. So when you do that, God does that, he, he, he reciprocates. He says, okay, you've made me your, I'll make you my number one. So that's why he can then entrust us with these words, whatever, whatever you ask in my name, that will I do. If you ask anything in my, in my name, I would do it. Because we have a, we have a covenant now. He, he says, I can trust you that you would use my name in a good way. You're not going to abuse it. I can trust you because you are mine and I am yours. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah. Isn't it? You, can, you know, we carry the, the... We are called to carry the fragrance of the Lord Jesus Christ in this world. We are the hope and glory in this world. We've been, we've been called to be salt and light. He said you have been called... Each one of us has been called to be salt and light. Isn't it? So that is why God... If he wants, you know, if he wants to carry responsibility, he said, he, I first need to trust you. You know, you don't get a promotion in, in, a job, in a job, do you, without, well, let's see what you're capable are you able to, tr- can that person be trusted? You know, in your, in your, in your workplace, they say, well, can he, can he be trusted? Is he righteous in his handling of affairs? In, and God looks at that and says, okay, can I trust this person? And if, he, and if you're a true disciple of the Lord Jesus, and you've made your commitment to him, you say, yes, Lord will say, yes, I can trust this person. So that's why you can then say, okay, if you ask anything in my name, I can do it, because I, because... You're one with me, I, I can trust you. See, you have authority in him. But he's not gonna give that to people who, who we can't trust. He's gonna be, oh bless me, give me give me a thousand pounds. And... You're just gonna abuse it, aren't you? Give me, bless me, bless me, bless me. I want it all for me. It's all about me, Lord. <laughs> we, don't, we don't want that, do we? We want to be mature bride. Lord, it's all about you. What's your plans and purposes for this world? for the UK, for my area. It's all about you, Lord Jesus. It's not about me. And this is the attitude and heart we need to have, isn't it? Grow and mature. Anyway. So, those, so those are the sort of promises. So he can trust you to, if so you pray in his name, he will answer, because he can trust you. That's, those are just two examples of how he can, the promises of God as a disciple. Another promise of God to, as a disciple John fourteen John fourteen verse nineteen. A little while John fourteen yep, a little while longer and you will see me no more, but you will see me because I live I live because I live, you live also. Let me read that again. A little while longer and the world will see me no more, but you will see me because I live you will live also. So again, this was entrusted to his disciples. So what he's saying there, because I live, you will live also in him. So in Jesus, you will live. Your life will be a flow for him to operate through you. Because you, you, I live, you live also. You will become my life. He wants to use each one of us. So as we become totally dependent upon him. So another promise he gives to his disciples, is in John 14, (coughs) John 14, verse 27. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, let not your heart be troubled. And that's another promise he gives to his disciples. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, let not your heart be troubled. Let not your heart be troubled. So in these last days, do we not want peace in these last days? Don't we need peace? Yes. You know, I get upset it's a lot easier if I get troubled easily. That's my problem. I get too anxious. One of my problems, I get too anxious about things. I le- and I need to learn. I need to learn to come into the bosom of the Lord Jesus. Because what he's saying here to his disciples, come into my bosom, come and rest in me. Come. Come have that quiet time with me. Just spend that time with me. Come into that resting place. Come into my bosom. And that's what the protection he gives to each of us as his disciples. He gives us that protection. We come under his covering, like the eagle's wings, don't we? We come under the eagle's wings. We come under his coven. And that's what God is promising to his disciples. You come under his protection. So we do not need to be troubled because we come under his peace. He gives us supernatural peace in spite of all the things going on around us. He can give us that supernatural peace because we are walk, operating in His perfect will. So when we are in His perfect will as a disciple, that's why it been promised to disciples, because His disciples will be fully um, obedient, fully committed to Him, so they're going to be operating in his, in his perfect will. So under his, when they're operating under the, his, they're, you know, under the perfect will of God, they have that inner peace and He gives us that supernatural peace. So, in these last days, don't we need to have that supernatural peace? Yeah. I need it for sure. <laughs> so, you know, this is a learning for me. You know, we we're all want learning ground here, aren't we? We're all, being, we're all learning things, how to become mature in the Lord Jesus Christ. So, those are the promises he gives us. There's the commitment, the high commitment, but all the, also the promises. You are truly his, and he's got a covenant relationship with you that, that he will protect you, that he will give you his. Supernatural peace. So, so the the question I would say is, you know, if you really say to me, "Which, well, yeah, I really do want to become a true disciple, but I'm not quite there." What steps do I need to do to become a true disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ? How, how, how? What can you encouragement could you give me to become a, a true disciple? ...of the Lord Jesus. So, some of the things I would say to you... ...to, to, to encourage you to become... ...you know, I've given you the, the price. ...I've given you the benefits... ...but how do we get, get on that journey... ...if we need to get on that journey of changing... ...from where we are... ...to that journey of being a true disciple. So, some of the things I would say to encourage you. The first one I would say to you... ...don't feel condemned. Don't feel condemned... I'm not here to condemn you. I'm not here to say, why are you not a true disciple of the Lord? I'm not here to say that. I want to encourage you to go that level. I want you to become mature brides of Christ. So I just want to encourage you. But number one, don't feel condemned. The Lord Jesus loves you. Yes, it is his desire for you to become a true disciple, but he loves you. Don't feel condemned, okay? So if you believe you're not at that stand of a true disciple today, You know, don't feel condemned. Okay, step number one. And if you really want to become that true disciple, you say, Lord, help me to get there. Help me to get there. Okay, number one, don't feel condemned and ask for help because he wants to help us. Okay? Another way I I would encourage you to become a disciple, pull away from the things of this world. Pull away from the things of this world. One of the things, the, the reasons why a lot of people, when Jesus walked on the earth, did not want to follow him because they loved the things of this world. They, loved they said, I love the things of this world more than I love you, Lord Jesus. I'm going to go to the things of this world. The Lord is saying, do not love the things of this world. In 1 John 2 verse 15 it says, do not, love, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. So we must learn to pull away from this, from the world. We must, you know, we need to pray into that, especially in the times that we live in now. You know the prayers, we've been praying about this nation. This is why, you know, we have to awaken the bride here in the UK to be a a house of prayer, don't we? It's because, unfortunately, I would argue, it's because some people are loving too much of the world to realize, to hear the alarm bells, what the Lord is saying to us as a nation. They're too much plugged into the things of this world to hear the alarm bells, to hear the trumpet call. And we do and the trumpet call is coming over this land. The trumpet call has gone out over this land. But because of too much of the world, they're not going to hear, are they? Their spiritual eye is, their spiritual eyes are not hearing, are not seeing or not hearing what the Lord is saying at this time. So, and that's a commitment for all of us. Need to do that. We need to pull away from this world. And I'm saying that for myself. I'm saying it for myself. Okay? So, you know, when people say to me, well, I'm not feeling the love of the Lord Jesus, I'm not feeling his presence. And, and I would say, well, how much time are you spending with the Lord? And if they say to me, well, five minutes, well, <laughs> what? Is that not a reason why you're not feeling the love of the Lord? You're only spending such a short time with the Lord, and then you're saying to me, I'm not feeling the... and you're only spending that short time with the Lord and you're spending, what's the rest of the hours of the day you're spending with, doing? TV, on the internet? Guys, we've got to to mature, we've got to wake up. This is not the time, we really need to make that sacrificial commitment now to the Lord Jesus Christ, cut out the TV. You know, me and my wife now are starting to purge what we watch on the TV. You know, if it's a certificate of 15, woo, the alarm bells are going the alarm bells are going, we really should not be watching, I, I would argue now, you know, <laughs> and it's a challenge for me sometimes as well, be careful what we watch on the TV. Be absolute, And if it's a, a 15 certificate, the alarm bells should be going. And I'm saying it to myself, I'm here on, on record saying it to myself. We've really got to be careful of what stuff we watch on the TV. Be very sensitive to, you know, what they say about the Lord Jesus. Do they honour him? Or do they... Slag him off. If they slag him off, I would suggest to you, you need to turn, up, turn over to another channel or switch it off. Yeah. We have got to start getting serious now with the Lord. Okay? So we need to be very sensitive to what we watch on the TV. And switch it off. And if you spend that time with the Lord, the Lord will see that you've made a sacrifice. You've switched it off. There's no greater joy to the Lord. He said, I was going to watch that. I've seen that it's, it's offensive to you, Lord Jesus. I'm switching it off, and I'm going to spend my time with you. I tell you, if you do that step, you're going to feel the the joy of the Lord. Because I'm pleased that you've done that sacrifice for me. You're going to sense the the, the joy of the Lord in that instance, when you make that sacrifice. Okay? So let's be careful what we watch. We need to remember that our gates are eye gates. Yeah? Eye gates are here. What we watch, what we hear, these are all eye gates. So, ear gates, my wife has to me there. All right, but we be careful what we watch, okay? Because we want to start to see the spiritual realm. How can we see things in the spiritual realm if our eyes are polluted with the stuff we've watched on TV? Right, you know, we have to wash our eyes. You know, it says wash our eyes, means clean our ears out. It's because of what we've polluted, the things we've polluted ourselves of in this world. That's why we need to, you know, daily come to the throne of grace, isn't it? We need to clean, our, you know, clean ourselves out. Be, so we clean our eyes and what we watch, ears, and what we listen to, what we heard. All these affect, affect our spiritual antenna of where we can hear clearly from the Lord. Okay, So, let's be sensitive to what we watch and what we hear. And let's pray also for our kids in this area as well. We really do need to pray for our kids when it comes to what they watch. You know, the stories that my wife tells me about what you know, she's um, in, this, in the teacher supply teacher, and the stories that she tells me about the, some, the school she goes into, how the state of the kids are, the things that they're dealing, she, they're, they're dealing with abuse, all sorts of situations. It's oh my goodness me, you know, and it's just a reflection as upon us as a nation that how we've turned you know, phone God out the window, how we've become more lawless. It's because we don't think we need God anymore. This new way of thinking and yet we're so desperately in need of him, aren't we? So, let's pray for our kids, that they will spend time with the Lord. They will spend time, you know, be careful what they watch on, on the internet, the computers. Let, they, let, Encourage them to spend time with the Lord. But as parents, we can discipline our kids, can't we? As parents, we have a responsibility to, to discipline them, and to also be the example. So when they see that we're spending time with the Lord Jesus, that, that would lead them to find, want to find time with them, themselves, is not it? It would encourage them to find time the Lord themselves if they see the example of the parents doing the same. So just be pray for the kids. Be sensitive. The kids are very observant of what they see around us. Okay. Another way of how we can go into becoming a true disciple, ask the Holy Spirit to help us. Ask the Holy Spirit, help me, Lord. Help me, Holy Spirit. I want to become a true disciple of, of the Lord Jesus. Help me. And also, as we ask for the help of the Holy Spirit, we need to be, when he says, right, okay, you've asked for my help, now I want you to be obedient to some things I might ask you to do or things that I might ask you to change. We have to be, yes, we need to ask the help of the Holy Spirit, but also we need to be obedient to what he might say, say to us. Okay, we need to be followers of the, doers of the world, not just followers, you know, just heroes of the world, don't we? We need to be doers of the word. And again, how, what else can we do to become a true disciple? Regularly meditate on the word. Really please go, spend time with the Lord. Spend time meditating the word. Yeah. I, I know I always say it every time, but I, you know, I can't say it enough. Spend time meditating on the word as much as, you, as much as possible. And pray to your heavenly father. Communicate to him as a friend. Communicate to the Lord as a friend. He wants to hear from you. He really does want to hear from you. One-on-one. Not just to the likes of the people at the front here. He wants to communicate to you, each one of you on a one-on-one basis. When, he t- when, he listen, when, he, when you pray, you've got his attention. He's not, you know, he's not, you know you're praying to the Lord and his he's, he's mind somewhere else. He doesn't do that. He, you, he, when you pray to him, you have his attention. You have his attention. One-on-one, you have his attention. So don't think, oh, you're second class, oh, he's got other things to do. No, he wants to speak to you. He wants to hear from you, one on one. Every one of you, calf, and he wants to hear from you, all of you, one on one, because he values you. He really does, I can't stress it enough. He values you on a one-to-one basis. So don't think your prayers are not important to him. They are, they're valuable to him. And he wants to hear from you on that one-to-one basis. So, let's cultivate those things that I've just des- described. Okay? And then, what is a measure of a true disciple of the Lord Jesus? What, you know, how, would you do, how would you see one who's becoming a, a disciple of the Lord Jesus? You will see him by his fruit. You, when you see, this, you, you, recognize, you see the fruit... And what is that fruit? The fruit of love, joy, joy, joy and peace. Right. You recognise that, because isn't it? Peace, I've just described you the peace. Yeah, you're going to, you're going to recognise it, aren't you? You're going to recognise it by the fruit, what they give off, what they give off. Isn't it? Exactly. All of these things, see? But that becomes, us becoming mature in him, isn't it? Because we're praying prayers that he wants, he, he wants to answer because they're on his heart anyway. So he's just becoming one, one with his heart. In, G, in, in, um, in John verse 13, thir, John 13, verses 34 to 35, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. See? The fruit of a disciple is love. Let me read that to you again. A new, this is what Jesus is saying in John 13, verse 34 to 35. A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. So it's the love that you see the fruit of love in a true disciple. So, that's all I want to really say to you about becoming a true disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. When you read those definitions of what it really means to be a true disciple, you realise it's a higher calling but I believe the benefits so, so outweigh the price. Yes, there is a price to pay, but he's worth it. He is absolutely worth it. And in these last days, you want to be in the centre of his perfect will for you, not on the outer skirts, I would, I, I would argue. You want to be in the centre of his will. And if you love the Lord, you want to please him anyway. You want to be his disciple. So for the, I just want to finish now with just a prayer. For those who want to become a true disciple of the Lord Jesus, I just want to do um, some prayer. I just want to ask to pray now for those who want to become a true disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus, help us to surrender, to surrender all to become a true disciple because you are worth it. Help us to surrender all to become a true disciple because you are worth it. Help us to break away from the love of this world. Lord Jesus, would you help us to break away from the love of this world and to become your true disciple because this world holds nothing compared to what you can offer each one of us. This world is insignificant to what you can offer. So help us, Lord, in our daily walk with you to break away from the things of this world and help us to spend more time with you to make that sacrifice of switching off things that... We know, we consume our time with versus to spend more time with you. Help us, Lord, I pray. May you just convict us at a healthy conviction, almighty God, to say, come, let's spend, that time, you know, spend time with me. May we hear the inner speaking of the Holy Spirit speaks to each one of us to say, I want to spend time with you. So help us, Lord, in our inner convictions. Help us to hear your voice that we will spend more time with you and that we'll break away from the things of this world. And Lord, help us in our responsibility to shine brighter for you as the, as the world gets darker. Help us in our responsibility to shine brighter for you as the world gets darker. gets darker. Help us by the enabling power of your Holy Spirit. Will you help us to shine brightly for you by the enabling power of your Holy Spirit? Because at the end of the day, Lord, we want to be pleasing to you because you have born, raised us to be born for such a time as this. And we want to be that light and sort that shines for the Lord Jesus Christ. And your word is all about power to set the captives free. And you want each one of us, Lord, to do play our part to set the captives free, to be that light and that sort that saves many people from darkness and to come to that great light. So Lord, I pray that each one of us be willing to surrender to become that, your true disciple, because there are all the benefits that are in Christ Jesus and we have lose nothing. And it says in, um, Amen. And it says in Matthew 16, verse 25, For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loves his life for my sake shall find it. That's another promise the Lord gives. And then John 12, verse 24, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a seed. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. And I pray that be our prayer, that we gain much fruit for the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen, amen, amen.